Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack, and the brand new Bad Boss Brief. Normally, we're joined by John Nash host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Hey Not the Face podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. He had to make a little trip away this week. He'll be back next week. So for today, you get the glory of Eugene reveling in his John Bones victory. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess who picked against me with the John Bones? I don't. Who was it again? Me oh, all John. of you. That's Me right. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All of you. I, I, I stood alone. You stood I, alone. Now, John won the week, but just barely, only by one. Yeah, and where he won was, unfortunately, Eugene, you picked Brunson. But we'll get into that in a moment because. We are going to start at the top like we always do, and we are going to talk some John Jones defeating Cyril Gaon in lightning time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Made it look incredibly easy, and I cannot help but notice there is a photo that's going around, and it's John after he's he's stood up and he's he's got his fingers to his lip like, shush, everyone, I just shut you all up. And Cyril is sitting there with this dazed, absolutely surprised look on his face. Like, it almost looks like he's saying, but I said time out. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if you, that, that's an interesting freeze, having, again, watched all the fights yesterday, despite being at my grandson's fifth birthday. So I was like the creep dad at the party who was like there, but like also looking at the fight. Um, the The reality of it is, that shot was a steady shot of him bringing his, his finger to his face and pointing up like like fighters are want to do. Oh. So he was he was pointing up to the heavens, mm. not but in the in the you know concourse across his face. It looks like he was saying shh. Yeah. He was not in yeah. actual fact saying shh. So, but the the expression on Gon's face though. Yes, that was Ooh. priceless. Yeah, yeah but you know you, you know I mean I I, I don't know. Did any? I mean, I know how you guys picked, but listen, you were everybody was counting on. I still haven't been able to really. It's good that uh, the the showstopper started later because I haven't really been able to figure it out. Typically, it's been a mark of of Jones's that he likes to do what you do and beat you at it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this is like his version of playing with his food. So you know, he he was dead set on taking taking down Daniel Cormier because Daniel Cormier had never been taken or submitting guys who had never been submitted or standing up with guys who had never um, going into this. Of course, 
I thought, well, smart money thing to do. Everybody saw him fighting Ghana, knows he's got no ground game. You know, why don't you just do that? But, you know, some others were thinking, well, he's going to do the Johnny Boy Jr. thing, try to beat the guy on the stand-up and, you know, probably get get paid for it. I mean, I'm sure that mm-hmm. was part of your thinking. You also said you didn't know which John was going to show up. That was but- my thinking right there. I wasn't even worried about the playing with the food thing. What I was worried about was the time away, all of the issues he had during the time away, and was he actually seriously training? And when we saw the guys that he was training with, no offense to those guys. They were they they clearly did the job. But mm-hmm. with, with those combination of factors and how he looked in his last two fights, it really weighed it preyed on my mind. But what I should have paid attention to was he wasn't making this ferocious weight cut anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's not going in drain. And as as the fight drew closer, I started having big doubts. Yeah, well, yeah. I, got, I got a lot of actually, you know, ever the contrarian. I have a, a completely d- d- down market take on the whole fight, which you have to listen to uh, uh, the the show stomper to get the full blast of. But because um, I've got spies in Vegas. Not only that, I, I happened to chat with Cormier uh, yesterday, uh, Saturday morning. We were both, uh, he was on his way to Vegas. I was on my way to San Diego. Um, and um, and I have some very, uh, you know, there's a great line from, uh, a great line from uh, Reservoir Dogs. He goes, before we start sucking each other's dicks, let's, uh, you know, yeah. let's look, let's look at the facts here yeah. and, and I, 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 I not down market. I have a down, a down, sort of a downbeat take on on, uh, on on what happened. Happy, I'm happy that he won. But if you read, if you read my Substack, you can see that clearly that I'm, you know, I'm not wondering who the bell tolls for anymore. It seems pretty, pretty clear that that you know this is not a guy that we're going to see around for another ten years. Which pro- logistically we probably shouldn't, you know. Um, but I'll get into that. I, I mean, on the show stomper. You know, Um, but it was I I mean, he did, you know, and I guess at this point now I can stop thinking and talking about Johnny Boney Joni and go back to whatever Cyril Gon's team. I mean, what what do you thought? You're just going to get lucky. (laughs) You know, I know because if it had been Czech Congo, uh, you would have had some ground ground skill, some game in the intervening months you had since you got pasted by uh, 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 Ngannou. I mean, you would, I don't know, maybe he is spending a lot of time grappling and grappling is just hard for him to get. I, I don't know. I saw someone put out that if he'd get over there with an ATT or um, AKA. AKA, anybody that's got good ground game, good wrestling coaches. And yeah. those are the two that stick out to me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also at, at this point now, he is. I mean, he's got um, he he's got co- good fights in mm-hmm. his future. Yeah. He's got Spivak, uh, who was the alternate right for for this fight, and that's a. a, a, a it, I mean, that's probably going to be t- Johnny's toughest challenge at heavyweight, yes. only because yes. Spivak hits like a truck. But and, also get being champion yeah. now, he can put that off on Gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you know you want you want to fight you fight Gone and then you see if you can get past him mm-hmm. and you can talk to me. Yeah, right? yeah. So that would be good there. Uh, a Curtis Blades fight now that one that one also is intriguing because Blades got that wrestling too, mm-hmm. and John mm-hmm. doesn't hit like a truck 
with its mm-hmm. hands and Blades does. That's mm-hmm. an interesting prospect right there. Yeah, except Blades is getting older too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know. but they, I think Blades is actually a year younger than John. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, there, 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 there are possibilities here. There certainly are. But John looked great. Uh, I, I'll give him his flowers for that. For what he does inside the cage. Outside the cage, I got nothing nice to say about him. So I'm going to move on. You know, at some point, I was like, well, he was, when he was walking in, he makes a stop to to, <laughs> to, uh, to hug mm-hmm. to hug his brothers. And then uh, this woman comes up mm-hmm. and kisses. I go, uh, who's this old white broad? <laughs> it turns out that that's his fiance now. Yeah. I, I felt like, oh, sorry. Good thing. She, good, she good actually doesn't look that old, but she dresses old. That was what got me, too. When I saw the old pantsuit, I was like, what is she wearing? What is she? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That? I don't, I don't want to critique, but yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I just, it was just a funny thought in my no, head. I had the same thought, and the other thought too that I had, and Connor had D there last night. What do D and Jesse have in common? John, John Jones's woman and Connor's woman. What do they have in common? They are multi-year fiancés. John and Jesse officially got engaged in 2012 so jesse is an 11 year fiance and connor officially got engaged to d right before his second baby was born that was four or five years ago so mm-hmm. he is either a four or a five year fiance so now what, what does that mean to you how are you processing that they that? have no intention of ever putting that ring on i i honestly don't think that either one of them and if they do that that that's great for them you know that's that's wonderful and i'll eat my words as as everyone knows i have no problem admitting when i'm wrong i'll Mm -hmm. make fun of myself just like i make fun of y'all so Mm -hmm. uh, you know if they end up getting married i will eat my words but i honestly don't think it's going to happen when you've Mm -hmm. gone 11 years and you've had baby after baby after baby i believe john has three daughters with jesse Three mm-hmm. daughters. Connor mm-hmm. has three children with his wife. He's got two boys and a girl. Mm-hmm. Or with his fiance, excuse me. I, I want to say wife, but uh, it, it's just not there. And when, mm-hmm. when it goes that long, I mean, Eugene, how do you look at it? When you see a guy that's got a fiance, three children, 11 years, do you think he's going to really marry her? Well, I, I have mixed. There's a friend of mine who has been with his woman since i don't know the 90s mm-hmm. and he has manufactured i don't want to give out too much who he is because you, you he has manufactured crisis after crisis in order to avoid this they live together they mm-hmm. bought a house together no kids together but you know my father is sick and then finally i think she just put it to him and he was like no yeah. I mean, we, 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 we already, we, we don't need to do this. We're not going to have kids, you know, but this was after, this was now they're in their fifties. Yeah. It's like, we've been, we get it. We're not going to have kids. We're gonna, there's no need for us to do this. Yeah. But what if, you know, I get sick or you get that, you know, you can put me on the list. I can come visit, you know, I mean, he doesn't see that there's any tax benefit. There's no, there's no point to doing it. You know, he goes, and it, in his mind, it makes it a cleaner relationship. Like you get up and you don't dig being here. You can, 
freaking leave or I can leave or we can sell a house and split the money. It's very simple and clean now. So I don't, other cases I know, of course, and this is something I'm just going to put this out there. The other cases I've known in which, in which there's been a really long term, uh, 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 I don't even know, affiancement, what I just make up mm-hmm. a, a betrothal, where there's right. been a really long betrothal. It's been when the guy was heavily repressed and I think battling with his homosexuality. I'm just, I, I'm I not don't saying think there's anything like that going on in either of these two cases. Oh, really? Okay. I really don't. I okay. what I think the the two of them are notorious womanizers. That's uh, abundantly yeah, clear. Yeah. The guy, kind of guy who has sex with a lot of women to convince himself that he's not gay. I, I tell I, you what. See, I don't I have, buy that. Connor has been outed as going on people's pages praising guys who have masturbation videos. This is not something that What? That, yeah. Where were you two weeks ago when this happened? Where people had to, had to notify him and say, "Hey, man, we can see your likes on Twitter." What? Oh my God, yeah. I missed that. Oh yeah. Well, I yeah. certainly wouldn't put John Jones in that category. We can we can reserve Conor McGregor for that category, but I wouldn't put John Jones there. John Jones just doesn't strike me as anything but. 100% hetero. And I just don't mm. see that scenario for him. But after what you've told me about Connor, maybe I could because, you know, I do recall seeing about a month ago, a photo of Connor on his yacht, and he's really close to another guy. And they're both just in little shorts. And he's like, leaned up over the guy, but he's laying down like propped up over them, like they're having deep, intimate discussions so close. But I just thought it was um, something well, look, that look, was, look, I, look, I don't know. MMA is a close quarter sport, mm-hmm. as is jujitsu, which I spend when I'm not convalescing, spend seven days of my week doing, you know, whatever. You get comfortable with mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. this, you, you're just wired at this point That's what I thought, man, right? exactly. And every time I see Connor when he's speaking with someone, he's always close. He's always touching them. So it never really st- struck a note with me. But what you just told me struck a note. I have I have information that he's liking masturbation videos. Now that yeah. combined with that photo makes me wonder. But I don't have any information like that on John Jones. What I have is that he likes to go to the strip clubs. He likes to manhandle the girls in the strip clubs because he had some issues with that. Every time that he's been drunk driving or stopped, it's always been in the direct vicinity of a strip club. He, I, I just, he has children outside of his relationship, outside of his, his, his betrothal. He's Mm. doing these things outside of his betrothal. He has children outside of his betrothal. So I look at that and I think to myself that John is just not in that category. But if some mm. some news like what came out about Connor happens to hit about John, then uh, maybe I'll look at him the same way. But for now, I I just I have to assume. Oh, man, this is a weird conversation, Eugene. <laughs> Why did you ask me that? Well, Your conspiracy stuff really throws me for a loop. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's just it has nothing to do with the, the, the price of tea in China, right? Yeah, how I just it, don't want to point how, fingers and make the wrong assumptions, I guess. But no, no, I, I mean I the, the issue. The issue is yeah. is are they are they trying to are they rehabbing their public image via rehabbing their 
their their private image or is it genuine? I think that's what we're getting at, right? In both cases, actually, it's genuine. Mm. I, I, I honestly don't think that Connor is is anything but hetero. He likes women and he gets busted in situations that he shouldn't be busted in. Like who? Who, who are you talking Connor. about? Like the- no, 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 no. He doesn't like women. This is what the whole the uh, rape and assault has been. He, do, uh, he doesn't he doesn't vibe. To but I can't say that. that OK, first of all, I can't point a finger and say that um he is uh, a rapist because he has never been convicted all charges have been dropped so i cannot say with any conviction that and i can't i won't make that accusation but what i can say is that i have plenty of other footage out there of him assaulting old men slapping phones out of people's hands and then stomping all over them and then having to settle out of court over it i mm-hmm. Can absolutely see that a woman uh, that was on his his yacht at his birthday party in Ibiza last year, she was there. All of those people out there that says, "How do we know she was even there?" Well, we know because Connor's lawyer said that she was just a party goer on his boat. So yes, she was there. Mm-hmm. But I do know that after she she went to the police to Gardy and she filed a lawsuit, oh my gosh, uh, the next thing you know, her car gets torched. And then a few weeks later, bricks are being thrown through her front window. And for those out there that are saying, how do we know what happened? Well, because police reports were made. So I look at that and I think to myself, there's a reasonable connecting of dots. You know, maybe Connor didn't do it himself. Maybe Connor didn't have anyone do it for him. I'm not going to point that finger and say he did that. What I am going to draw a a logical assumption from is that somebody out there, whether it be some crazy fan or somebody from Daniel Kinahan's people or whatever, somebody didn't want this case to move forward. Dublin Dublin is a very small place. Yeah. And so that's the thing. I I have a list of other things to point the finger at, at Connor and say, you know, you're, you're, you're a horrible person. You're terrible people. But I cannot put my finger on the button and call him a rapist because I don't know that. And I, I, I don't think that it's, it's, I don't think it's in line with me doing that without having the facts and a conviction and everything else. So I'm not going to cross that line. If they're four smoking uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, piles of accusations, yeah, this is not somebody I'm letting go out with my sister, right? So, sure, um, of course, because yeah. that where there's smoke, yeah, I, I understand that part, but I just can't say with you know any kind of conviction that that is the case. Alleged, sure. I don't think all the cases have been have been thrown out. I think some are still in the process. So. I don't think the story is closed on that, but I think yeah, if if what we see is yes. any indication, he is systematically settling out of court with people. So. Yes, and I also think I also think that that John, based on his comments recently, that he <laughs> he kind of cow scalac uh, Francis and Ganu, you know, <laughs> it's like figuring correctly, maybe again, fight IQ that he could drive up his, his fee. Um, and you know, yeah, we're, we're all in this together, bro. And, then, and then, you know, Francis Agano was lead the charge 
And then, you know, decides, fuck it, we're, we're together on this. And then when the dollar amount gets to one that makes John happy, John says, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really willing to deal. That's the point at which they dig in. They get tougher than Gano, and Gano has to say at that point, fuck you. And then John is like, boom. I'm not saying he did this to, because he's afraid. I'm just saying when it hit the dollar amount that was going to make him happy, yes. it was like, fuck you, Frankie. Go and that and beat is, it, you know? That was what separated Francis from John. And back when they were both yapping about money, I absolutely firmly believe that John was only given that lip service until he got what he wanted out of it and screw everybody else. But he talked all that shit about how the fighters, this is for the fighters. This is for all my brothers and sisters. This wasn't about anybody but you. Yep. Yeah, and, and and he pretty much has said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but he like, didn't in the beginning, though. In the beginning, yeah, yeah. he went around well, you know talking what, about you know how it's for it's all so of much- us. It's not so much that I lie. It's just I say things that don't come true. And he's like, yeah, you know, advocate for yourselves. Do what you can. It's like I got mine. And this is what always happens with these individual contributor sports. That's how Cal Scalic got screwed. Yeah. So if you read about the history of the Mr. Olympia and Mr. Universe. So, yeah, it's uh, I don't even say it's sad because there's nobody there's nobody who could honestly say that they there's nobody who should honestly be saying that they didn't see it coming. So. I'll tell you what I didn't see coming was Alexa Grasso defeating Valentina Shevchenko. Now, I thought Alexa would give a pretty good fight, but I did not think that she was going to get the win. But holy crap, I guess that being talented can only hold off aging for so long. And I think that Valentina's been in the sport and kickboxing before that for so long and dominant. But Alexa Grosso did something that not even Amanda Nunes could do in two fights, and that was that she finished her. No one has ever finished Valentina. So this was a big deal. And I believe, to use Eugene's words, this is the mark of something that's coming. And I think what's coming is that Valentina is on the other side of the mountain moving down now. You know, like some some people have said in response to – this is called mixed martial arts, right? And if you've got holes that need to be spackled, fucking spackle them, right? This is like, okay, yeah, you got caught, you know, when you try to do the spinning thing 30 seconds from the end, completely unnecessary outside of show purposes, and you got caught. And like, you know, Hogan is saying, oh, oh, that she was like a ninja, had a way she took the bat. It really, it really wasn't. There was a lot of time to your argument. I mean, she was not, didn't, you know, in the fourth round, maybe she wasn't, you know, uh, resetting fast enough. But I think that this, I think what ha- what's happened now with the sport is such that if you are not a true, true mixed martial artist, when it starts to get down into like the tens and the fives in terms of rankings, you're not going to be afforded with any luxury just to be skating unless – in one of the commentary things, I thought it was interesting, useful, and expected – but they said, listen, you notice if you look at the whole panoply of, of, of champions, there's, there's an interesting wrestling pedigree that goes through it all. And, uh, you know, realistically, that's not something I don't think Grasso was. Is she a black belt? No. Yeah, she's not a black belt. This, this is nothing that there's a, Valentina, given the time that she's had at the top, 
you cannot skimp on the ground stuff. And I can tell that you've been skimping on the ground stuff and you got caught. And so, yeah, maybe it's age. I, I don't take that away. Maybe it is age. Okay, fine. But it's also the fact that you're not a mixed martial artist. I don't know what the fuck you're doing out there, but okay. All right. You know, you're not, you're not keeping up with the game and you're, you're paying for it. And her speech at the end, you know, um, was, was nice. It was, it was exactly, you know, I don't like the people run out. You say you do, you know, they're going to interview you. Say this is part of the game. You get caught. It is what it is. Hold my head up high. I'm not going to do a, a, a Honda housey and never, I'm, I'm here for the duration. Fine. But, um, yeah, I, I can't, I have to say I was depressed about that. I say it's age because tomorrow Valentina turns 35. She has 26 fights in the game. That's just MMA. Mm. If we count her amateur record, she she started fighting in 2006. That's a long career. So I am looking through her career. Mm -hmm. She has five losses total. Mm -hmm. And that is across kickboxing and everything. That is mm -hmm. not just MMA. That's kickboxing and everything. So she gets to MMA and her first loss was Liz Carmouche. That was back in 2010. And then it wasn't until Amanda. How, uh, how, what was the loss? How, how, what was it? It does not say here. It just says a loss in C3 fights. That is literally all it says. Mm -hmm. Does not so, say the no. method or anything. Now, she okay. did not lose again until she met Amanda Nunes six years later. Mm -hmm. And then she didn't lose again until Amanda and her rematch. That was at 135. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then last night. But uh, in between all of that, she had tough fights with Tyla Santos and Jennifer Maya, and that was it. Mm -hmm. Everybody mm -hmm. else, she mowed them down, and she did it in a variety of, of in a variety of ways that, to me, says that she is a complete mixed martial artist. She was winded by round three last night. That's something I've never seen in her ever. Yeah, I mean, but that's fixable. But that, is it though? Because yeah. why do you think she was winded? Because it, the the exchanges up to that point weren't something that was out of the norm for her. The only thing that was happening in there was Alexa was was tattooing her with that with with that crispy boxing, but it wasn't enough to put her away or anything. But it was clearly stinging her. I yeah. think that Valentina's starting to slow down a little bit. Twenty six fights, and remember, she doesn't have a lot of knockouts. Mm, I, 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 that's I, a lot and of I, rounds. And I hate to I hate to do this, but that you know, I'm I'm out there with my my finger up in the in the wind, catching the slightest breezes. And I, I think, and I, I didn't even have the heart to read it because generally this is not the kind of thing I like to read, mm -hmm. but I think they started talking. There was some photograph in an article suggested that they had, somebody had sourced out or found out or found it to be an item of interest that, uh, of, of a man that she was associated with, you know, did uh, you see this? I did not. No, I didn't. So 
somebody somebody was in her life that broke her heart or something? No, no. That she um, it was like the first public identify. I think the headline was like who's who's hanging with Sashenko, and so it was like they had figured out. Oh, she actually does have a boyfriend or some cat. Ah, so there's, and, and there's he, a boyfriend now. Got it. Yes, yes. And so that might have a little. I did not know this. Yeah, so there I, might I, be a like, little I don't, something I, there. I, I, like I said, I didn't. I didn't have the. I didn't have the heart or the interest really to read the article because you know if I, I don't generally I don't don't care about who you know it's your your whatever. But then, um, but now of course now now that people are asking questions, I find my mind turns back to this. You know, so I don't know. I still think that uh, maybe it's a combination of factors. And if I'm excluding that headline, just based off what I saw, it just looks like. Valentina's age is starting to show a little bit. Uh, well, that's a re- that's a reasonable assumption to make. Grasso is in the thirties. Yeah, know? Grasso's twenty nine years old, just turned twenty nine, and she has just she's been adding elements to her game. She's always had that great boxing, but her grapplings look sharp lately. Well, I tell you, I tell you honestly, I, I would I would be more interested to see her fight Amanda than I would to see Valentina try that again. So uh, I'm ultimately okay with it. All right. So we must move on here. We're running a little bit behind, but good conversation happening. I do want to talk about Shavkat, Rachmanov, and Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal gave him a goddamn fight. Wow. Yep. And Rachmanov showed a few things. One, he can take a one-hitter quitter and not go down because Jeff Neal, anybody else got caught with that, and they would have been out. Yep. And then yep. the other thing that really impressed me, and it's in sequence with that that one-hitter quitter that he got hit with that did not put him down, what did happen was he got wobbled to shit, almost went down, righted himself, recovered, and hit his stride again all in the span of about 20 seconds. Yep. It was insane. I've yep. never seen recoverability like that. Yep. Yep. That, that was, it was a pretty phenomenal fight. And, um, yeah, and, and it was, it was phenomenal in an in, interesting way because I still have no sense. I, I, I saw a lot of him, but I still know how, how I don't, I, I still don't have any sense of how much is left to see. Like, I don't, I don't know, you uh-huh. know? And so he, he, this was a masterful performance just from the point of view of, it seemed like he put a lot out there and still we have no idea. It's like reaching your hands in a barrel. Like how far, what's in the barrel? How deep is the barrel? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else in there? We just don't know. So. And that's, that's awesome that there might be even more to this guy. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. But Props to Jeff Neal. Uh, you know, that loss, that was a good loss for him. And I think it's going to hold up really well because of how how amazing Rachmanov is. But Jeff Neal put up a good show. Yeah, he, he there was a guy, you, you, I'm sure you remember, to go dark star for a second, Sean Muscle Shark. Yes, and, Shark. Uh, and, yeah, former yeah. champ. And he was one of those cats, he said before, where people got a sense of how good he was and they knew he was too good to take lightly, so they didn't want to fight him. And so they he was almost to the point where he was like significant, but he couldn't get fights to get him over the over the wall because people and then finally he he you know, he he managed to pull it off. And I think Neil is conscious of himself being in that same place. So 
this fight actually, you know, I've talked about people who win through losing and lose through winning. I, I, I think he, he, he lost his fight, but I think he he's, he's, his stock increased in a very significant way. Yeah. And he's been through it. He's the, yeah. he's yeah. the one that had the sepsis and the complete yeah. kidney failure. But I'll tell you what I do like about him a whole heck of a lot was that um, he keeps his day job. He's a waiter and he keeps his day job. Now he waits at a very high end restaurant, but he keeps his day job because I don't want to have the, the rug yanked out from under me and not have a leg to stand on. Yeah. And, you know, um, testament so, to so, UFC pay, though. Yeah, I know. Sort of steep. Eh? And it actually makes it, I find it depressing. Um, but it is smart that they do it. But uh, Stipe it, does it, it for a different reason, though. I, yeah. I know that Stipe does it because he loves it. But, you know, when you're a kid, you want to do boys want to do certain things. They want to be a firefighter or an astronaut or some of them want to be a police officer. Stipe, I interviewed him before he was a big time thing in the UFC. It was after he fought Phil DeFreeze or somebody. But anyway, he told me that he would never, no matter what, never stop firefighting, no matter how much money he made, he would never do it. I've seen him repeat that in interviews over the years. Now, this was 12, 13 years ago, he told me this. Mm. And I've seen him repeat that. In almost every interview that he's asked that question over those years, before and after he became a champ, he has never changed his tune ever. Mm -hmm. And he, after he got finally, he met the woman of his dreams, a really good looking chick, real sweet girl. He had a kid, then he had another kid. Nothing. He says nothing is going to stop him from saving lives. And I think when kids pick out their careers when they're little, it's because they, they, there's a little bit of hero worship in there. You know, I want to be an astronaut. I want to discover things. I want to be a hero. And I think that's a, a little bit at the forefront of why Stipe continues to be a firefighter. It's a little bit of that hero aspect to it because he saves lives. Yeah. All right. Mateus Gamrot defeating Jalen Turner. I actually thought Jalen won that, but it was so close. I didn't mind. Mm -hmm. um, good fight. Bo Nickel defeating Jamie Pickett. Good fight. Uh, there was some questions about Bo Nickel landing an illegal groin shot. I saw a lot of talk about that. And I also saw talk that it's not a first time thing with him. I don't know this, but it's something that's on my mind and I'll be looking for it now. Do you okay. have any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, I, I tend to think that uh, I want to call bullshit on Bo Nickel to a certain extent, you know, it's like, yeah, you're a hotshot wrestler. It doesn't always translate, but, you know, but when I saw he, he has made it, it's different than a guy who, who's a wrestler who finds himself in MMA versus a wrestler who decides I'm going to go to MMA. Yeah. So it, it, so fuck a bunch of people up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm, I'm, he's actually kind of sort of winning me over. Yeah. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, Getting the uh, win. Okay. He, his career was what twenty two seconds long. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I mean, he won here, but that was god awful. Yeah, really it was. Terrible. It was. It, uh, it was depressing. Yeah. It, I, 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 I mean, Did you yeah. see that he came out and said that he that now Team Garbrandt is saying that he had a neck injury the morning of the fight. 
And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, it's okay. Do <laughs> whatever, man. All right. Uh, then we get to, uh, let's see here. Who do we want to look at? How about Ian Gary? Because we actually picked that. And for once, he didn't have a struggle in the beginning. He just went in there and mauled. He had, he had a little bit of a struggle in the he beginning. Had, he got hit with one shot that, that made him snap. But outside of that one big punch, there wasn't really much in the way of uh, a defensive maneuver from Song Kanan. I mean, Ian Gary just mopped the floor with him outside of that one big punch in the first round. Mopped the mm-hmm. floor. Yeah, he was. It was. It was a good performance, um, and I. I thought that I almost made it through his entire fight without him uh, employing any uh, Connorisms. And he any, did it. No, he did the walk. He did the walk. But he like, in the Jesus. post-fight interview and in the pre-fight interviews, he talked about how he's deriving a lot of stuff from John Jones's style. To me, it seems like he's a bandwagoner. Yeah. In any event, I was just happy that. He performed to what I feel he he can be performing. Yeah, yeah, at. He's it was, really it was a solid performance. Yeah. I mean, he just needs. I mean, the stuff he needs doesn't have any. The stuff he needs has no has no significance inside the cage. I mean, he could come out wearing a Connor mask, and it wouldn't make a difference right. if he can if he can still swing it inside the cage. So yeah. whatever. Now, the last fight I wanted to to touch on briefly was Tabitha Ricci defeating Jessica Panay, and yep. I'll tell you what, Tabitha Ricci's good. Yep. I, yep. I really like what I'm saying. That arm bar was sweet. It was. And if I wasn't at this point tired of Jessica Penne, I'd actually have felt sorry for her. <laughs> Why are you tired of her? I, I don't know. You know, it's just, I, again, it's, it's, I, I like to see some sort of forward motion. And I know that's probably unfair yeah. to say, you know, but it, let, let's look at it this way. Everybody's moving ahead. Some people are just moving ahead faster, you know. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So So I I do need to go backwards for one second. You picked Derek Brunson. Um, (laughs) That's the second fight in a row where Brunson's team has had to throw in the towel. I I really hope that he he, he considers retirement again because he had retired. He came back. His uh, his trajectory is limited. He's not going to to be able to get that title shot again. I don't think. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, you know, he's he. We're we're talking now. We're we're in Magni territory. Yeah, you know, I, I hate to magnify a man's troubles. You see what I just did there? Yep. I, but but yeah, and did, did I even pick this fight? Did I pick you against did. him? You picked you picked Brunson. We picked. Of course, of course, I did. <laughs> I, of course, I did because that's the way Gictas work. And that's yes, you heard that correctly. He has now become a Gicta. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Can't do it anymore. I can't. I, I can't play the game with you. Sorry. Good luck no to you in your life's journeys. Yep. No more Lucy. <laughs> yep. 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 That's it. No, come on, no, Eugene. I'll just uh, put the ball. I promise. I'll leave. I'll, yeah. No. 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 No more. <laughs> All right. So we are going to look at UFC Vegas seventy one. Now, the reason we spent so much time on UFC two eighty five is because UFC Vegas seventy one. It's not a terrible card, but it's not super deep either. 14 fights. I could only find four that I cared about. Um, John uh, made his picks beforehand. So I actually have John's picks. So Eugene, you know what you need, what we need. We need the disclaimer. Crybabies, babe, uh, bedwares, greedy breakouts, workshop individuals, and fault finders, malingerers, uh, workshop individuals. This is a list to do with your skills and talents as a fighter. Much more to do with the marketing you have to wait put behind you by the overlords that now no longer felt 
uh, uh, IPO folks at Endeavor and or the Baldwin and the UFC. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us bedwetters. You know, you started off with, uh, you, you were trying to say uh, greedy bread gobblers, but you started to say baby. And I thought you were going to say baby boomers. And I was like, woo, he's out no, there. <laughs> no, no, no. That's me. So <laughs> are you a boomer? You're not a boomer. Ni- 1962. <gasps> that's boomer. I thought boomers yeah. stopped at 60. No, no, no. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Well, you're not a boomer. You're way outside of there. All right. We're going to start at the bottom, work our way up, as always, from the Topology Quick Sheet. First fight on the card, welterweight, Carlston Harris versus Abubakar Nurmagomedov. I don't care. This is not the Nurmagomedov that I'm looking at here. I mean, this is absolutely serviceable fight. 17 and 5 guy fighting a 17 and 3 guy. Serviceable fight. Not ranked high enough for me. Don't care. Eugene? Yep. Yeah, not not this early. Not after I sacrificed what I sacrificed this past weekend, so no. Uh, same for John. He has not a care for that one. Next up, another fun fight at 125 pounds. Tyson Nam versus Bruno Silva. Probably going to be a banger. I don't care. Not yeah, right. I don't. I, I don't care. It's really early on a 14-fight card. John also does not care. Next up, 135, Tony Gravely versus Victor Henry. This is a 23 and 8 dude against a 22 and 6 dude at bantamweight, way outside of the rankings. Do not care, probably a banger, but again, don't care. Uh, I think I got to care about Victor Henry. Okay. I think he's a he's a, a Josh Barnett guy who uh I discovered and uh who and um ride or die with Josh Burnett. So okay. uh I gotta pick Victor Henry on this one. Alrighty. Uh John and I are gonna pass on that one. Next up, JJ Aldrich fighting Ariane Lipsky. Way outside fly uh women's flyweight rankings. Don't care. Don't care. All right. Next up, Mario Bautista taking on Guido Canetti at 135. Fun fight. Not registering for me. Don't care. Don't care. John also doesn't care. All right. Now we've got an interesting one here. Cedric Dumas is a guy that comes in with a lot of hype. He's seven and zero. Oh. He's taking on Josh Fremd, who is nine and four. Now the reason why Cedric Dumas is coming in with a little bit of um, haze around him is because he has. Uh, a DV charge on him, and right. it has a no contest to it. Yeah, so, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not. That's not why I'm not going to care about this. I just don't care about the about this fight. That's yeah. It's, I, I, it's, I, I it's a care. middleweight fight. I don't care about some new people in middleweight. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know Josh Frem isn't new, but uh, Cedric Dumas is, and I don't care. Yeah. All right. Next up. Team old guy, we have Rafael Asuncao taking on Davy Grant. Oh wow! I don't man. care about this fight. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. All right, uh, and just to uh, even things up, John hasn't got a care on the board yet. Now we get to Lucas Brzezinski versus or Brzezinski versus Carl Williams at heavyweight. Don't care. Yeah, yeah, don't care. All right, now we're on the main card, Vitor. Petrino versus Anton Turkaj. Now these are, uh, let's see, we have an undefeated, this is light heavyweight, undefeated Vitor Petrino and eight and one Anton Turkaj. I don't care. Yeah, not caring. 
All right. And John does not care as well. Saeed Nurmagomedov taking on Jonathan Martinez at 135. Oh. I care. I yep. am taking Nurmagomedov. Yeah, same. All right. Next up, 145er here. Ricardo Hamos taking on Austin Lingo. Fun fight. Not as relevant as I would like uh, it Yeah, to I'm be, not caring. So I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Now... We get to the last three fights, and I'll, I'm carrying on all three of these. We're finally getting our Nikita Krilov Ryan Spam fight that we missed out on last week. We get it now. I'm taking Ryan Span. John is taking Ryan Span. How are you going? I'm still sticking with Krilov. All right. And John is also picking Nurmagomedov as well, and he is picking Ryan Spann. Now we get to the co main event. This one's interesting. I like this fight. Alexander. Volkov is taking on that sensational Alexander Romanov. Now, Romanov, if we recall, got handed his very first loss by Marcin Tybura. No shame in that. But when he finally got up into a, a top seven guy, that's what happened. It's an interesting fight. I am going to take Romanov here, though. Uh, 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 why? I think that his youth and his his grappling will be the difference maker here. Who did who did John pick? Oh, he also picked Romanov. Romanov uh, is the guy you've been on his bandwagon since the beginning. He's the grappler. I know, but I, I see. I'm also having stung, having picked against Volkov again uh, before, and then having pulled some crazy shit out. But I think you're right. I think you're right. When you say the grappling piece, and I remember his past fights in my in my uh, in my uh, booster ridge, I, I have to think that this is going to win the day again. Yeah, and Vol- um, Volkov has had some trouble lately. Now he did beat uh, Yerzinho Rosenstruck, but he lost yeah, but to- that's not right. Yeah. He lost to Tom Aspinall right before that. Yeah, now, yeah. he beat Marcin Tybura in a decision, but he lost to Sirogan before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of hit, miss, hit, miss. It's a really tough fight to, to pick, but I am taking Romanoff. I, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, the, the only yeah, way to go. Yeah, that seems smarter. smarter. All right. Now we get to the main event. What a banger. Petr Jan versus Merab Dvalishvili. I had so many problems picking this because... Dvalishvili has that wrestling, but Piotr Jan can wrestle. My my hand to God pick right now was Piotr Jan. Yeah, me too. I I I, I uh, yeah yeah. I'm sorry. I got I got to pick him because I I need to see justice done. <laughs> All right. So and John is also picking Jan, and that's going to wrap up our picks today. So Eugene. Do your thing. Tell us what's going on. I, ha- I have Look What You Made Me Do, the Eugene S. Robinson substack that I did my first just out-and-out out sports piece uh, um, on it. And it's on John, uh, Johnny Boney Joni. And uh, the thing is, you get known as a whisperer. People start telling you stuff and you start hearing things. But also, I've been completely obsessed with – I mean, usually the, the substacks are based on – you know, what, whatever I can't get away from that week, whatever has like been obsessing me. And it, it was clear that this past week it was nothing, but I couldn't think of anything but Johnny Boney Joni mm-hmm. and the Ciro Gone fight. So, uh, so I talk about that and, you know, I have some, eh, it's an interesting take. So I got that. I got the, uh, I got, uh, the showstopper, the look what you made me do. We got if the shoes fit on Tuesday and I have, Two 
secret things that are pretty interesting, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to bust loose with them yet until I, until the paperwork is dry. All right. So there you have it folks. Until next time, please stay safe. Just a little reminder that you could support the MMA vivisection, the MMA depressed us and the sixth round post fight show simply by going to patreon.com slash MMA vivisection. With three different tiers ranging from $3 to $7, it's incredibly easy to show support to your favorite analysts, Zane, Connor, Eddie, and Phil. So if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider us. Thank you so much. Okay. Is editorial writing. And um, doing editorial writing there's always a question of, is there a squeeze on you? What, do you, what are you going to say? You know, do, do we have, you know, financial backers who are also in bed with the UFC or Bellator? You can't say this, you can't mm-hmm. say that. And that's something that I always love about Bloody Elbow is that, you know, it, like... Like for me, Bloody Elbow is like the only remaining blog. And that sounds like a diss to a lot of people, especially in a journalistic sense, but I mean it in the best way possible. Because I know for a fact that almost every person who makes a decision in this sport, whether it's someone from the UFC, from Bellator, from one championship, Ryzen, people who work for athletic commissions, they read Bloody Elbow every day. Every fucking day. And for me, it feels kind of like the last bastion where people can... I, I don't think it's the only good source of MMA editorial writing, but... It feels like, for me, the last bastion of MMA editorial writing where people can just be honest. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, The Level Change Podcast, The MMA Bivis Section, The Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, The MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, exclusive fighter interviews, show money, guest podcasts, and the Hey Not The Face podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. Thank you all for your ongoing support in our journey to take Bloody Elbow independent. Please subscribe today to bloodyelbow.substack.com. With your support, we can continue to provide you with your best source of MMA content 24-7.
24-7-365. Thanks so much for listening.